Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Here at the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their passion. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Well, hey, everybody. This is Evan Uitake, your host of the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. Thank you again for joining us. This is always uh, this is actually a dream of mine. This is something that within the last two years, I think, has really been something that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And I'm super excited to bring to you a good friend of mine, Brian Smith, and uh, one of the things that we want to do is uh, we'll obviously have our speakers come in and talk and we'll obviously have a time where we follow up with them. But I do want to have times in between that where it's me and Brian or me and Matt or, or me and somebody from, from the actual group where we can sit down and just kind of chat, just kind of catch up. There's things that are going to be on our minds and our hearts that we want to share. And um, I'm, I'm really excited to share that stuff with you guys because this is kind of a window into our world. Uh, we are, uh, I classify myself still as a young businessman, and I believe that Brian does too. And so this is kind of our opportunity to, to talk a little bit. So Brian, first of all, welcome. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about who you are so they can kind of get an idea of who you are. And then uh, uh, I really want to talk about uh, something you mentioned to me a couple minutes ago. Yeah, of course we're young. Evan, what are you talking about, man? I'm 36. What are you about, 28? I'm, 30, I'm 35. I'm looking in the. Uh, I'm, I, we're, 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 as we podcast this, I can see video of, of Brian and myself, and I can see all the gray kind of working its way in, into my hair. So I'm going <laughs> to keep saying that I'm young, and uh, and hopefully that gray will just start turning back black again. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm wearing glasses for the last uh, week and a half, and I have I have LASIK surgery on Friday, and so I've had this adjustment where like I can to I can totally see you. But ultimately, the problem is, if you don't understand LASIK, what has to happen is, if you've worn contacts as long as I have, they have to get your eyes reformed. And so to do that, you've got to remove the contacts for two weeks. And then you get to go in, and I, I do that today, actually, at 1.30. And they say, hey, dude, you can still have the surgery on Friday. Or they could look at me and say, no, nah, it's not going to work. <laughs> and so... Not only do I have to wear glasses for the last two weeks, and anyone who's been around me would understand the last two weeks I'm looking at you funny. Not because I think you're weird. It's because for 15 years I've worn, con I've worn contacts, and I could see everywhere, and I didn't have to look directly into your eyes to talk to you. Well, for the last two weeks, all my buddies are looking at me weird like, dude, you're, you're like gazing into my soul. No, I have to square you up. I've got to look right at your face to see you because if I look at my peripherals or the side of my glasses you're blurry and I can't see you so that explains a lot right now so I'm glad oh, yeah. I'm glad that you finally told me that I've been soul gazing so <laughs> ultimately Evan things are great um you know we're we're doing really well we're going to get into some of the stuff we're, we're starting the second office right now it's been pretty stressful reminded myself of you know I've done this a million times by the way for other people um our company funny and you and I can talk about that sometime but the, who I represent and, and the franchise I have is 
they like for you to build big offices. They don't necessarily want you to have multiple offices all the time. And it makes sense. You've got agents around and we don't want to step on toes. But when there's an area that hasn't been penetrated, the concept is, is, you know, what if Brian could go in there? And so for the last five or six years, I've helped a lot of people set up their business, train their people and get what we call a really fast start. Most businesses out there understand and believe this myth that your business has to start up and for the first couple of years, you're going to be broke and your kids aren't going to eat and you're not going to eat. And then eventually, maybe you become successful. And see, I don't believe that. And I know the statistics will really um, not agree with me. And, and you know what? People believe statistics, but here's what I believe. You can change them. I believe that if you go into it planned up and ready, if you go into it prepared with a plan that you can execute, you can beat that statistic. And so over the last five years, what my goal has been is when I'm starting up 10 or 11 people in their first business, they've all become successful, received their contract, which is some terminology you and I can get into later, but it means that you hit that first major goal you really needed to hit. So beside, uh, behind giving your heart to the Lord, getting married, and having a kid, to these people, that next one would be receiving that contract, that that yes, you're going to be able to do this for a very long time day. And so they've all been successful. And to me, that says we can beat that statistic that says the businesses go out in the first three to five years. That That's silly talk. Those businesses go out because sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's market. But if you look at some of the people's plans, they were the wrong person on the bus. They weren't prepared to do it. The plan they had, they got out of some self-help book and it wasn't going to work. Or they didn't have the money, which means goes back to preparedness. If you don't have the money, you're, you're going to fight an uphill battle because you're going to say, I don't have the money to buy my way into this deal. I'm going to have to fight my way into this deal. So th those are some concepts we've been talking about a lot lately, and we did it by accident, man. Um, I know a lot of people starting businesses. And the goal is for me and my crew is you start up a business and you make a decent living even in the first three years so that you can continue through the startup of that business not having a heart attack. And so what's funny is going all the way back to your first question is we're, we're doing that. And I'm doing it again now as an old man. I'm starting up this business. Young Businessman of Tulsa podcast. You can't say old man yeah, on, this, on this show. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to – we have to change it to the uh, – what is the old businessman of Tulsa? But, uh, <laughs> just businessman. <laughs> yeah, just businessman. So it, it's been fun and interesting and a good reminder. But you know what? I've got a head start, Evan. I, I, I don't mess around. I, I knew I was doing this. I hired and trained the people eight months ago. That's awesome. So the biggest challenge people have is their people. When we start on day one, it'll be like we've been open for four years. That's awesome. Well, uh, you've been speaking very generally right now, so I don't know if you can say or can't say or you do say, want to say or not say. Uh, I, I know you've alluded to that you're in, in insurance. Do, do you want to disclose any more than that, or uh, is it is it just Brian Smith, Inc.? What's, what's the sure. best way to describe it? <laughs> well, let's go with we're, we're Smith Insurance and Financial Services. Okay. You know, that that's my – that's my business name. What do I really promote, though? And, and I can't wait at some point, as you and I, th this is your deal, and, and I've kind of begged my way into it so that the listeners know I, I, I love talking this way, and it's an outlet for, for us guys, you know what I mean, just to get right. to talk. So I'm glad you did this, and I hope to be with you a lot of times. But talk about this concept of 
what's your brand, you know? And I would love to get your opinion at some point today, anytime, and maybe the listener's opinion. I've promoted callbriansmith.com for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's my thing. I, you know, I didn't promote the company that we that we uh, represent. They're the biggest in America. Everyone knows who they are, and they have millions of dollars to do that. So I said, how can I make people know if they want insurance in Tulsa, they need to call Brian Smith? So I started asking my staff the other day. We, we've got to have another website because of the design of our contracts if we have different offices it's got to be a different entity for a little while and so what am i going to do i don't want this whole different website i don't want to promote this whole different brand and you know what one of them silly people does evan and she looks at me and says well why don't you do callbriansmith2.com and so i said that's interesting and i start looking at the back office of that okay it's genius and here's what the listeners need to know so when you go and search people, you can't have more than one searchable website at one address. And if you have two addresses, you've got to have different website tags for it to actually become searchable. And so what happens, picture Chick-fil-A, for instance. Chick-fil-A gets their search, but if you have all these different locations, they actually have to, like, on the Internet, kind of a monetize on the Internet, their specific website and location so for instance my buddy Arthur has two locations Mm -hmm. well he can't make both of those searchable under the same name even though it's a different address Google doesn't recognize it so luckily I kind of grew up in this world and understood that so here's what I did and I would love to hear everyone's opinion you know what's funny about callbriansmith2.com the number two is no matter what if someone messes up and does callbriansmith or callbriansmith2 at least they're going to get to the Call Brian Smith website. Right. Because whether they put the two on or not or mess it up, the Call Brian Smith is synced in, it's concrete in there, it's been in there. So the listeners have got to start taking notes with this too as we learn, they're, they're going to learn um, just the little free free stuff. You know, I took a couple of days on that deal and started looking at the back office of it and, and learned a very valuable lesson that you can only make one web address searchable for your single business. Right. So. Well, that's uh, that's great. I I am actually I'm loving some of the stuff that you're saying here because you know the people that that I'm trying to reach and the people that the young businessman is trying to reach is obviously business owners and people who maybe are thinking of starting their business. I mean, our if you look at our group uh, and and I'm speaking about the the people that actually attend the meetings, it's a pretty uh, wide range of, of of people. I mean, we say 18 to 45. And we only say 45 was because I was about to age out. And so we had, we had, to, we had to raise the ceiling on that. But uh, what I love about what you just said is th- those are the kinds of things that I'd love to, as we kind of get a little bit further into to this dig a little deeper into, because I know that a lot of people are very aware that they need to be online. They're very aware that they need to do things with social media and that kind of stuff. And those are some of the topics that we can cover. We don't, we don't have to stay specifically to, you know, one specific theme. I mean, business itself is, is broad and entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, I classify you as an entrepreneur, even though you, you, you have your brand, but you also are part of a, I guess a franchise. Is that the, the best term for it? So, yeah. but that, but that's still entrepreneurship and, and they're going to give you tools and they're going to talk to you about things, but you're ultimately the one that has to do it. They're not going to do all the heavy lifting for you. And so as an entrepreneur, you need to know about all this stuff. And that, that stuff is what's going to make it, uh, that much more important for you. What I, what I love 
about podcasting, what I love about online content is that once I've created it, once I've put it out there, it works for me. Um, you know, I don't have to have these one-on-one conversations with people every single day, kind of reiterating uh, everything that we talked about. This content is now out there, and it will continue to be out there. So when I'm asleep and when you're asleep, you know, callbriansmith2.com will be working for you uh, while you're asleep. And if you've planned it right and you, you've done the research that you need to do, it's going to be very effective. In, in, and if anything, reinforce the brand that you've already created. Um, you were talking about planning and, and businesses failing in the first five years. And uh, I, I, I had to think about the three P's. Uh, I'm, I'm going to quiz you to make sure that you know them. Sometimes I hear four, four P's, but the three P's, uh, you, you ready for me to put you on the spot? Charlie, dude, I don't know what the three P's are. I'll <laughs> tell you right now. I don't know. Man, the, when you open up a business, it's a fight. Um, there, there's a lot of educated people that get into business. But the fun thing about being an entrepreneur is being educated or not educated is a, it's a category it's a version of what's going to help you but i'll tell you the passionate and determined determined crew always outlasts the other group because sometimes business defies logic sometimes starting up a business defies education what happens when you can sit down and you have an inventory of product well a guy like you is going to say okay i'm going to have a hundred people there i'm going to sell 85 of these things I think I'm going to order 110, so I have a couple extra to give away. Well, that's all educated business. You're running an inventory system. What happens, though, Evan, when you show up to your event and people start asking you why they should do business with you? Right. What are you going to do? Turn around and hand me a hat? That's not the reason to do business with you. That's a cool hat. Well, what happens is the determined and the passionate can square you up and say, Evan, here, here's my deal. Here's what I feel, and this is what I want to do, and this is why you need to do business with me. Mm-hmm. Save the hat. Keep the hat. So sometimes the startup and sometimes just business in general defies education and logic, and you've got to be dug in and determined to do it. So when I started out a while ago, I don't know what the three Ps are. <laughs> well, I'm going to learn I'm gonna today. I'm going to let you off the hook a, a little bit because I actually I had to write it down. It's actually the five Ps. So I, I shortened it. I'm all about simplification, and I oversimplified the five Ps. Sure. Hit so, the people with them. Hit right, hit them. All right. It's proper planning prevents poor performance. Okay, I've heard that. Yeah. So that. you may not have heard of it in that, and I've I've even heard some people say like six Ps, which is like piss poor performance. Which you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't I, like, yeah, I, I'm trying to make it a little bit a little bit softer, but uh, yeah, no. Pro- I, I actually when I'm creating like a presentation when I'm when I'm talking to, I know that I'm going to travel all the way down to be in front of multiple clients that are potentially going to buy something from me and I'm working on my PowerPoint, I'm working on what I'm going to say, the five P's are very, uh, very strongly on the forefront of my mind because what I don't want to do is get all the way down there and stumble through something. Sure. I want to be as prepared as possible because that's going to help me um, look that much more professional to my customers. You talked about, you know, what, what, what are they going to ask you, um, you, you when you're finally at that point where they're talking to you and you're going to say, here's a hat. Uh, now, I'm in the promotional business, uh, so I got to say you got to at least get the hat, have the hat because that's probably what's going to make them walk into the booth. But once they walk in there, that's where you're t- going to start talking about value. Uh, a sure. sale happens when value exceeds price. And if you can make sure that you have prepared and are passionate about the product that you sell, which 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I believe that you're very passionate about the product that you sell so much so that it's not a sales pitch for you anymore. It's you having a conversation where you believe solely inside of you that what you're presenting to them is going to save them money and it's going to be a good value to them. And that's when people buy because people recognize that you're passionate about it. They recognize that the product that you're offering, you believe in so strongly that you went and put your money where your mouth was and said, not only do I believe in this product in the sense that I think it's a good product that you should do, but this is now my living. This is what I do. I believe so strongly in it that I'm actually putting my livelihood on the line to present this product to you. And I think when people understand that, the sales process goes away. Well, I want to comment, Evan, and I want to get your opinion. You are in the promotional business, and you guys do a great job of that. So what do you think, and how cool would this be? And, and I believe that your organization does this, but so many don't. What if that PowerPoint, what if that hat, what if your materials were just icing on the cake? What if the relationship, the entry, the, the culture and environment in which I entered to talk to you in your booth or in your office or at a presentation was so good that getting that hat, seeing that PowerPoint was all just icing. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people go into their presentation, go into their meeting, go into their booth, hoping to grab a customer with the, the PowerPoint or with the, with the hat or, you know, we keep talking about hats, just the, the gear, when they don't understand that if your presentation, your walk-up, your handshake, your eyes, your dress and your aura was so good that people were already in and that when you handed them that hat, it was a gift. You didn't have to, you didn't even need that hat. That hat was an icing on the cake of how good you were at your job. So many people aren't prepared enough, aren't passionate enough to where they can do that 90%. See, I believe that 10% is in the material, the PowerPoint, the flyer, and all those things. Those have got to be good, dude. If you're at the top of your game, yeah, the flyer's good. It's in color. It's mm -hmm. on good paper. The, the hat's nice. But see, the thing is, is I've had so many experiences where someone would walk up and hand me a state-of-the-art widget that I thought was kind of cool, but they were so freaking terrible at the whole process, the 90%, that I took that thing, I put it on my head backwards and drove my boat around. It was just a thing. It was this deal, but I never reached back out to them at all ever again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think what you're talking about uh, is branding. I, th I think that if, if you've done your job of telling your story in, the, in that 10% that you're talking about, that gift, if you will, is not necessarily the item itself, but it's the opportunity for them to say, I'm a, I'm a part of this. I believe in this. And they will actually not become a just a customer to you. They're going to become a salesperson for you. And it's, it's, it's a mental thing where, um, let's say, for example, like uh, I'm going to use Yeti because I, I, I really like the Yeti cups and stuff. The Yeti technology on the cups, there's obviously a lot of other companies out there that do that. But you, if you talk to somebody who really strongly believes in the coolers or really strongly believes in the mugs, even though they know the other stuff out there is essentially the same in, in terms of, uh, you know, keeping the ice cold longer or whatever else. Um, people like the name and they like the brand and they become salespersons for them so much so that I have friends that, I mean, he's wearing the Yeti hat. He's got the Yeti t-shirts. Yeah. He's got the Yeti mug in his hand. He's got his, you know, drinks at the lake and a Yeti cooler. That Yeti cooler 
the storage space is ridiculously small. I, I, I'm probably going to be upsetting a lot of people. I'm probably going to lose potential subscribers over this. Um, if you're, <laughs> if you're duck hunting or something, yeah, fantastic. Uh, but what really, in my opinion, what people really love about Yeti is the brand. They love what the brand stands for. They love the logo. They love the fact that it works and it does what they want them to do. And now yeah. they're not necessarily just customers. Those people are salespeople. The reason I bought my first Yeti was because some person would not shut up about how awesome it was. And I said, sure. you know what? I'm going to try this thing out. I'm going to check it out. And now I have 10 Yeti uh, little mugs. And it's because I like it. And it works. And it's fantastic. And I got it comes with a sticker. Uh, and I got I don't have it on my car. I'm not that guy. But I, yeah. but I but I do stick it on things and and it's on your backpack. Yeah, I'm proud of it. So so to answer your question, I think that is possible, and I think that is I think what that ultimately is is branding. And if you've done your job with branding, you know you got your you know brands like Beats and Apple and Nike, like some of these Nike shirts. Uh, and again, I'm I'm not hating on any of this stuff. They go very elaborate with the actual logo, and people will buy the shirt because of the logos on it. It's not That's because it's it's not it's not a it, it's not necessarily that the shirt's going to do anything fantastic for you, but they love the brand so much that they're willing to promote it indirectly. Like for them, they just love the fact that that logo's on there. But they are brand ambassadors now, and they're helping to spread the gospel about that brand. Well, let's get let's let's talk. We're not going to be able to get into it today, but we're going to guys. Don't worry. Evan and I are going to hit you with so much stuff this year. It's not even funny this next year, but conceptually, number one, I need to make an order of Yeti cups from you. Okay. <laughs> I, I need to do that. And anyone who's listening, you've got, you've got to understand that, that Evan can do almost anything with the pieces and, and him and I haven't talked about, it. I need to make that order. And people will say, well, Brian, why Yeti? Here's the deal. You said it a while ago to me, just the guy on the phone here with you. Yeti is not superior to its competitors. It's not. I've tested it. I've read the books. I've read the online things. I believe that at best, it's equal to its competitors that are much cheaper. But here's what Yeti did. And you alluded to this, and I've got a quote for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit people with this because this wasn't my favorite brand. This wasn't my favorite person. And in fact, I was not in study of this particular individual for any amount of time until I came across this quote. And so it almost makes me look hypocritical. I'm sitting here, Evan, I'm going to put an order in. And that's a real deal. I need to put an order in because I want my friends like you to have that, a product they think is cool with my information on it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to hand those out. You know, I could buy a cheaper product and I could save money on doing that. But you know what's funny is Yeti's so good that if I hand you X brand from Walmart or whoever, you, the client, you, my friend, are actually going to look at that and go, Wow, he bought the cheap one. Yeah, he cheaped out on me. He bought the cheap one, right? <laughs> so what am I going to do? I'm going to step up to the plate, and I'm going to buy the good one. It's just like my my wife. She, she hits me with this all the time. A few years ago, I messed up like you do, like everyone does, and I get her flowers, right? For years, dude, she carries this before she tells me. She was actually not warmed by these flowers just because I got them. It's where I got them. I got the flowers at the cheap place. Mm-hmm. Not a flower store, the grocery store. See, in my young married days, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get flowers. And this is, it's, it's, but she was right. I couldn't argue with her. When I got them, I simply got the flowers because it was easy and convenient and just the flowers should be enough. I did not think through why. 
I believe that had I thought through why I was getting him and that cheap ones were my only option, that would have came through in my apology. Mm-hmm. But what happened is it didn't. So not only did I give her the cheap ones, my apology was cheap too. Right. And she reminded me of that not long ago, not holding it against me, Anna's not weird, Anna's great, but she's teaching me that it, not only the action, but she could predict my thought process during it. I got her the cheap ones, I showed her the cheap apology, let's move on. So to get back on her now, I, I always get her the expensive ones to, to try to make up for what she was right about years ago. So, you know, all what we're talking about here is being authentic, right? We're talking about being authentic and being genuine. And you made a mention a while ago before I get into my this quote, because I'm going to hit you with this, and I think you're going to love it. But you said, what do I tell people? What If you were sitting across from me as my client, what would I tell you? You know what I'm going to tell you, Evan, is sometimes we're the cheapest and sometimes we're not. Mm-hmm. But seven years from now, if something happens to your house, your property, your wife, or your kids – you're not going to remember, did I save you $4 a month or not? You're going to remember, does this thing do what you said it was going to do? Yep. And that's what I'm going to give you. So sometimes I'm cheaper, sometimes I'm not, but I'm always the best. And so people have got to get away from their price all the time, right? Price is price, man. Most of the time we don't set the price. The market does, our company does, our representative does. So I would encourage our listeners Let's sit down, listen to me and Evan about this. Get on the next couple of podcasts that we do. We're going to start talking about and teaching people about we're not just trying to save money all the time. I'm trying to save you. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that that quote I was telling you about because I'd love your opinion and anyone else's opinion on this. But Steve Jobs, yes, the late Steve Jobs said this. No, we didn't do market research on the iPad. Of course we didn't. The, it's not the consumer's job to decide what they want. Mm-hmm. That blew me away because compare Apple and Yeti now. Anyone who wants to step up to the plate and tell me what specific thing Yeti did to become Yeti should call in right now and tell us that. You know what I mean? We're not, we don't have the ability for people to call in yet. We'll, we'll get there. I think Evan's working on maybe having that sometime. Well, they can, they can email us. They can email, email. us at, at uh, ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. Uh, again, that's YBT. Oklahoma at gmail.com. You can, if you have comments or, or any feedback that you guys want to send over to us, uh, that's the best way to get a hold of us. And uh, if you if you are a Yeti expert, uh, I think Brian's inviting you uh, to to drop some knowledge. Let's let's hear. It. I want I want to see because I bet it's not one thing Yeti did. They didn't sit down in some brainstorming room and say that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. No. They threw a silver cup out on the yeah, stainless steel cup out on the market that supposedly keeps ice from melting, and it does that ish. You know why ish? It does that. <laughs> and so, but I love Yeti too because you said it a while ago. It's superior. The branding is superior. Steve Jobs was all over it when he said it's not the consumer's job to decide. What he's saying by that is he's. I don't think he's trying to infer consumers are stupid. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to infer that his team is so good at branding and planning and putting it out there and being so consistent with their message that people are just going to get in line for it. They're just going to trend to it. And so it's just like, you know, and I won't hit this too hard. I don't want to get, you know, take up time on it. But but the book, when we named it Breaking Conformity, and you look at the front, it's a bunch of robots marching to the beat of a drum except for ones upside down saying, I'm not going to do that. Right. Well, Steve Jobs said that he didn't feel that we were capable 
of not doing that. And he's right. Look at how many, in, what is how many years has gone on now where they're just selling the same phone over and over and over with a little bit different this and a little bit different that. And people are lining up just now, what, 10 years later, people are finally starting to, well, maybe I'll do this other kind. It took these other companies this long mm -hmm. to, to make a formidable fight towards Apple. And I think it's genius because he, he's basically programmed us they programmed us to like their product. And not only like it, Evan, but obsess about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I can say uh, I, I've kind of waned a little bit where it just budget-wise, it's gotten to the point where I, I can't buy all this stuff. But sure. I, I'm, I'm truly excited when the things come out. And, and when the, the first iPhone came out, I was, I was just sitting there going, why did... Why, why did we not come up with this before? And I, I, I was actually thinking about when you're talking about it, there's certain inventions um, that have happened over time. And I'm sure you, you've done the same thing I've done. It's like, that was so simple. Why did I not, why did I not think of that? The ketchup bottle with the cap on the bottom. I mean, come on. Like, technology-wise <laughs> is literally the most simple thing in the world, right? Sure. But... When Heinz, it upside down. when Heinz did that, like literally it blew people's minds. And so, you know, those, those kinds of things are it's just looking at the world differently. Like you said, breaking that conformity, you know, people will sit there and complain about things, but they won't do anything. They won't take that action. And, you know, for us, it's, it's our job as kind of the next generation coming in, not to just sit back and wait for the next person to invent something. It's our jobs to go out there and create it. Like we're the most qualified right now in terms of having an understanding of what this world is and what this world can be uh, at the age that we're at, it's on our shoulders now. It's no longer on the past generation's shoulders. We are the ones right now that are in charge, uh, and it's our job to step up and take responsibility for that. So if anything, this is a challenge to anybody that's listening. If, if you believe in your heart, if, if you believe that there's something out there that, that needs to happen, you got to take that action. I would not have this podcast today if I did not start taking actions to do it. it it's not just, you know, now it's just plugging in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a microphone into my computer and starting talking, but before then it, it was this very formidable thing to do. It, it seemed like not necessarily impossible, but it felt like something completely foreign to me. Brian talked about being un uncomfortable, and when I talked to Luke Sherman, we talked about uncomfortability. Uncomfortability is something that limits you. Uh, or sorry, inside your comfort zone is what limits you, limits you. Getting outside of that comfort zone is what propels you to that next level to where the thing that makes you uncomfortable today is the thing that's going to sustain you uh, in the next day. And so we have to always be pushing ourselves beyond that comfort zone. So yeah. we're getting real close to the 30-minute mark, so I want to go ahead and, and, and close this out. Uh, one thing that I did want to touch on uh, real quick before uh, we close is, and you were talking about getting flowers and 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 paying, going to the right place, right? And uh, one of the words that I wrote down uh, when you were saying that was the word sacrifice. And I think that that's probably the thing that she's really cluing into is it's not necessary, not necessarily the actual item itself. It's the thought, the planning, and the sacrifice of, yeah, I paid more. I could have used that money for other stuff, but I chose to pay more because yeah. I felt that you were worth it. And that's really what, and, and we'll probably get into this in later podcasts, but that's really what a gift is. A gift is a sacrifice. It's not just something that you give somebody to appease them, 
like I think we kind of get into that with uh, like birthdays and Christmas. Like, what's our budget, right? What's the what's the least amount we can spend to get the person something that they want? And I think that that's something that's kind of evolved over time. I was listening to yeah. a podcast where a guy said, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard the quote of things that you say to your friends. Well, it's the least I could do, right? Um, yeah. And he went off on why he hates that. And as I was listening to him, I, I had to start agreeing with him and just say, you know what? Why is it that the people that are closest in our life, the people that we truly care about, we're always doing the least we could do for them. Why would we not do the opposite? Why would be those people be the ones that we're, the, we're looking to do the most we could do for them? Uh, sure. And the, the, I actually took that to my team. Uh, in the office, as we were talking to our customers, or, or, or talking to our team members, I'm like, how can we how can we emulate that with our customers? And one of the guys in our group said, you know, um, you know, it'd be one thing to send them like you know cookies or whatever else, or just to say thank you, but like if we did something personal, personal, um, I think that would be really awesome. And so there's actually a publication that recognizes dealers that are successful or staff members that are successful and. And he said, what if we framed the article where that person was recognized as a you know, salesperson of the year and just gave that to him? And I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. Like, it, I mean, yeah, it's going to cost us maybe about 100 bucks to do it. But if we went, framed it, made it look super nice and sent it to them, unprodded, un, um, like he had no request for it. He didn't know it was even coming. We sent that to him. And the cool thing was when he got it, he was borderline speechless. He says, that was probably one of the coolest things anyone's ever done for me. And it wasn't like a really cool pair of headphones. It wasn't uh, a, a tablet or anything else. It was a piece of paper. It was a piece of paper, but it was the amount of thought that went into it and the sacrifice that it took for us to A, cut it out, prepare it, design it, get it produced and sent over to him. That's what meant the most to him. And when we can do things like that, um, we're not just going to get customers for life. You talked in the very beginning about the relationship, and I think the relationship with your customer is so important. Um, that was an opportunity for us to build that relationship. It was a small sacrifice in, in the sense of the grand scheme of things, but it was a time sacrifice, and it was a mental sacrifice because we had to sit there and plan that. But now, after doing that, that's something that I want to do more often for my customers because – just having that phone call and having that conversation with him was worth every single penny of that spent. Whether he sends business to us or not in the future, uh, I don't know. I believe he will. But that wasn't the intent. Our intent was to recognize him and say, you know what, you're doing an awesome job, and we want to recognize that, and uh, congratulations. So we're going so to share this, Evan, all over the place. We're, we're gonna, you're going to be bringing content. We're going to try to be hitting people with content a few times a month. What we need and my opinion is obviously you and I and our friends are going to share this deal. We need our friends and YBT members to step up to the plate, get this stuff shared out there, get your friends listening to it, get your teams listening to it. You guys own businesses. We're going to be giving free information, stuff we've learned and learning to people. Please share it for us. Evan, when does YBT meet? What, we're, we're the second Monday of each month? It's the second Monday of every month, as essentially from 12 to 1. And uh, I'm going to say go to our website, uh, ybtok.com. Uh, that's going to be the best way to learn about everything. Or you can like us on Facebook. And then also on the podcast, I'll put in the notes uh, the different ways to connect with us socially. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to share. Who's our next speaker? Who's our speaker next month? Do you know? 
Um, I do know, actually. Um, hold on a second. Let me think about it. The next speaker is... Matt just told me. I'm going to think about it, uh, okay. and I'll get back to you on that, or I'll edit it back in here. <laughs> yeah. Get get there no matter what, people. Get there. Come come get this information. Share Share this podcast. We have a goal for it by the end of the year. We have a big goal. We need people sharing this podcast. We want people hearing this nationally. We want people to know about the YBT and the people that are supporting it. Actually, I just remembered who it is. It's Scott Sutton, um, the ORU men's basketball coach. Oh, sure it is. It's yeah. Scott, no, Sean Sutton. Sean Sutton? Sean, yeah. Sean Sutton, yeah. So, now, who, hey, 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 it's Coach Sutton. Coach Evan. Sutton. I'm coach. not 100% sure on that. It's Coach Sutton. <laughs> well, that, that helps. So. Well, Brian, thank you for uh, taking some time to sit down with us. And, and uh, as you alluded to, this is something that we're going to do a little bit more often. We'd love to get you guys' feedback. Like us on Facebook and also um, leave a review on iTunes. That helps us. Share us with yes. your friends and make sure that you subscribe. That's key for us because right now, if you found us, it's probably because uh, a friend or somebody um, tied to YBT has recommended this to you. Or maybe tell you them, Tell them how to subscribe, Evan. How do we subscribe? If you go to iTunes and search for uh, Young Businessmen of Tulsa Podcast, uh, we'll pop right up. There's a big button that says subscribe. All you got to do is click on it. Um, the beautiful thing about it, it doesn't cost you anything uh, except for a little bit of time, but it helps us immensely in terms of growing this thing uh, for people because people are going to start looking at how many, or Apple's going to start looking at how many downloads we have, how many people we have subscribed. And it's going to start making recommendations to people based on that. And so those little things right there go a long way for a starting out podcast like us. Uh, the beautiful thing is that we have a pretty decent uh, group of people already who are familiar with YBT. But we want to grow that. We want to take this beyond Tulsa. We want to take it beyond our city. Uh, we believe that this is a potential venue to grow this organization, the Young Businessmen of America, uh, out beyond our state and into multiple states to where other people can do things like this as well. So if this is your first introduction into the Young Businessmen of Tulsa or, or YB, uh, YBA, um, listen to the rest of the stuff. There's a lot of good stuff here. This is why we wanted to, to share this information with you. This is why I'm talking to Brian. Um, we we believe that we're the next generation. We're the people that are, um, uh, we have control of our destiny. And we want to we have a better definition of, of what it is to be a businessman or an entrepreneur, uh, especially if you're young and getting started. We want to share as much as we possibly can so that you can stand on the, sho the shoulders of giants and be that much more successful. Like Brian said in the very beginning, uh, there's no reason that your business should fail. There's no reason that you should struggle. If you've, if you've prepared and you've done your job, uh, you're going to be one of those successful businesses. And part of that is surrounding yourself with people, like-minded individuals that can put into your life. And that's exactly what we want to be. So Brian, thank you for being here. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers.
Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.